It wasn't meant to be a, a book. Yeah. I mean, so every, for the next few iterations, we were just we had these 10 yeah uh photocopies mm-hmm. staple photocopies week 1 week 2 and one day i'm visiting one of my friends who's from another church and he's got this really nice looking binder and i'm like wow that looks amazing what is it he says it's your book mm. and he shows me the binder with all the notes and it's been bound really nicely mm. and that's the first time it hit me oh i wrote a book hey everyone welcome back to another episode of the other 6 days podcast i'm your host CJ McFadden and i'm here again with pastor Ricky Jenkins as we chat about living life outside of sundays and what it means to live from our gatherings and not just for them today we are privileged to have another special guest with us Marithi Wanjao from which is affectionately known as Pastor M um and uh he's here with us today so welcome Great to be here. Yeah, glad yeah, to have you. Thanks. Yeah. So, um Pastor uh, M, he's uh he is with Mavuno Church, a movement of churches origi- originating in Nairobi, Kenya. He studied biochemistry at the University of Nairobi before getting an MDiv from Fuller Seminary in Southern California. He is a pastor, accomplished author, and influential thought leader who has spoken on all six continents and continues to have a transformative impact across the globe. He's married to his college sweetheart Carol for 29 years, and they with their three children live in Nairobi, Kenya. So Pastor M, we always like to kick off our podcast with a little bit of fun or something uplifting. Yeah. And so I'm sure you have quite a few, but could you share maybe one of those memorable memorable moments or a powerful story of life transformation that you've seen as a result of some of your experience? Yeah, okay. Um <laughs> memorable story. First of all, I have I haven't spoken in all continents cuz I haven't yet spoken in Antarctica. Oh, okay. So that's a that's on my, still one on the that's list. That's on my bucket list. Bucket list. <laughs> bucket list. Life goal. Yeah. But um <laughs> yeah, um so when I started the so you might know that I I wasn't I I wrote the curriculum called Rooted mm-hmm. uh called Rooted here. It's used is a different name for it in where I come from. But um when I began that process, um uh it was fun because many in the group were not believers mm. the first run the first class we ran through and if you know i guess as you know about rooted it's it's very practical based mm-hmm. so it's not just study it but do something about it mm-hmm. and so i remember the first time we had people share their faith and this this um this girl uh in the group um she kind of listens to the presentation of how you share your faith and how you tell people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so she we 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 did a practice run where we went to the university next door and it's like okay, go in twos and just share your faith story mm-hmm. and ask people if they want to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so she goes with an, a friend and then she comes back at the end and we're reporting and she says, "Okay, I have a question. I'm really messed up with this." And I say, "Okay, what's wrong?" And she says, "When if you're not a Christian, and you share your doubt story because i don't have a faith story and mm. then and then you ask somebody the question whether they'd like to give their life to jesus mm. and they do oh wow and you lead them in a prayer does it take oh wow cuz wow. what do you mean she says that's exactly what happened i just led somebody to christ i don't actually believe in christ yet but i led somebody to christ And so that's awesome. So it was such a funny story because this she was just messed up. She was like I can't believe I just led somebody to faith and I asked them if they wanted to know Jesus and they said yes and because I had the prepackaged prayer I led them through that prayer. Oh, but I don't believe yet. And so she's a very close friend today. That was way back in 2005. Uh, uh. she went through the whole class. I think that that experience is what began her faith journey yeah. because she was in such she was so wrecked up by that whole experience 
And at the end of the class, she gave her life to Jesus. Oh, praise and, God. And she's wow. been facilitating people through the experience ever since. That's that's one of the best stories I've ever heard. I can't believe that. Is I'm so not going to answer the question because I, know. I dare not <laughs> even. Yeah, what do you got? <laughs> that's what they know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this one time at band camp? <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, re- that's, wow. That's really powerful. Yeah, I'm still kind of tuned. I'm a little speechless on that. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of left me hanging. So. Yeah, it's like. Well, we had here through our, so through our rooted experience, I was thinking, this mm-hmm. is powerful, but um, I mean, you know, in comparison, but yeah. um, Terry Wong. That's right. I mean, gosh. That's right. I know. So you want to tell a little bit about his? Well, I do, but I don't want to take away from our host either. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah. 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 But Terry, yeah. And some of the prayer experiences and some of the other stuff, but that one, that's a, that's a whole different level right there. Wow. Somebody that, uh, that God used that was not a believer to bring someone else to Amen. Wow. Yeah. And I think the thing about it for me is when Jesus begins discipleship, I always had a category where I thought discipleship is what you do when people already know Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I realized mm-hmm. Jesus right. started with people who didn't right. believe yet. That's right. Oh, wow. That's right. Late as, as they walked through the journey. That's right. Him demonstrating who he was. That's right. And eventually they come to faith and he asks, who do you say that I am? And they say, you're you're the son of God. And he says, yeah, absolutely. So it's like he starts the journey. And Mm -hmm. I think for us as Christians, many times Mm -hmm. we don't understand that when we share our lives with Mm -hmm. our non-believing relatives and friends, Mm -hmm. yeah, that we're actually beginning the journey of discipleship for them mm-hmm. uh, even mm-hmm. before they become Christians. Yeah. I love it. So it was just, a, it was a, sh- it shaped my thinking yeah. and really blew my mind when I saw Jesus just do stuff like that. Wow. But, well, it's like, you know, uh, the new believer reads the Bible and literally applies it. Absolutely. Right. Cause what else am I supposed to do? And just when we take Jesus at his literal word, his literal example, yeah. right. And, and, and make that our model. Yeah. And yeah. our method and exactly. strategy, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Imagine what what's on the other side of that obedience. So yeah. that's what I got from the story. I got to tell the Terry Wong story. Yeah. Yeah. So Please. Pastor M, you need to know that um, the most powerful rooted testimony is centered on our friend, a gentleman named Terry Wong. Mm. Terry's wife, Chrissy, was the longtime uh, guest services mm-hmm. director at our church maybe the happiest woman in the world. <laughs> we love this couple. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Uh, been married for probably 40 years, mm-hmm. CJ. Yeah. And so they've been, Terry has faithfully been at this church at the time. What would you say? 26, 27 years? Yeah. yeah. I think 20, mm. yeah, right around 26 at the time. On a safety team, you know, involved, never miss a Sunday. And I think Terry would say of his faith that he was, agnostic at best mm-hmm. what would you say yeah because you've known him longer yeah. so he gets into rooted and then okay cj land the plane <laughs> <laughs> well um <laughs> no you go for it you started it <laughs> well so he's taken rooted uh because his wife asked him to he was never vehement to the gospel yeah. so he, he's in church every sunday yeah. and he loves southwest he's just like i just don't know if this thing is real well it's prayer night for rooted and Terry decides that he's going to go to the parking lot yeah. hmm. and sit in his car and pray for an hour. All right. And the story goes that he's praying. He says, God, if you are real, mm. show yourself to me. I love it. And, you know, the spirit of God rushes upon him. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think Terry would say something happened yeah. that just changed everything. Wow. I gave my life to Christ. The team comes back after their hours away of prayer yeah. and everybody's sharing what their experience is. Yeah. 
and Terry says, well, I prayed and said, God, if you're real, show me that you're real. And he did. <laughs> and I gave my heart and life to Jesus. I love it. And his wife, Chrissy, who's been praying yeah. for him for yeah. 30 years, yeah. flips out and they lost it. Huh. So this reverberated in our staff team because we've been praying for this guy forever. Wow. And so on Cardboard Sunday, mm-hmm. Cardboard Testimony Sunday, everybody's just waiting for Terry to come out, mm-hmm. the whole church. Mm-hmm. And I, I forget what it said, but maybe it went from non-believer or atheist yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And he flips it. And exactly. this was our first rooted graduation wow. at Southwest. So good. And he says, believer. Yep. Mm. And mm. there was joy. So good. There were tears. Standing <laughs> ovation. Everyone standing on their yep, feet. Yep, yep. CJ, would you say that? I've, I've only been here six years, but that's my favorite moment. Yeah. At that's, Southwest. That's why it's so oh. memorable. There wasn't a dry, and so many people were invested in that relationship and then just in that moment. Yes. Uh, that was the culmination of things hoped yes. for and prayed oh, for. Oh, so good. You know, uh, from yeah. prayer teams to, but, and also just with Chrissy, who she is to the staff and the people here and yes. then Terry She's as star. well. And it just, it was just the sweetest, sweetest moment. Yes. Yeah. And that was a rude, oh, and we, and we thought, oh, a prayer experience? Yeah. Rude? Yeah. You know, uh-huh. we had uh-huh. dreamed of this being other yeah. things, but uh-huh. it was that moment. So. Yeah. And for a church, right? Mm-hmm. That we were brand new to Rooted, you know, mm-hmm. the staff had done it, but we were kind of the beta group and a couple of small groups. But that was the first time the church was in it. And it articulated to our congregation in a transcendent way yeah. mm-hmm. what Rooted is. Amen. They, we, we weren't ready to understand or articulate it just yet. We were so new to it. But the soul saw, yep. yeah. oh, that's what Rooted is. Oh. Yeah. So good. And defined it for us. And yeah. the Lord's been so faithful oh, to man. keep that going. So and a and a and a true, you know, un um uh you know, you, you can't you can't say that it wasn't a move of the Holy Spirit in that moment because yeah. he's in his car in prayer. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't anything that we put yeah, on I mean, for that's it to so happen. Powerful. God is yeah. able to speak Amen. to his people. You know, that's yeah, the Amen. beauty of this whole thing. Yeah. Amen. And just allowing God to, people mm-hmm. to be in a space where God is dealing with them yes. directly. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love that story. What oh, a great story. It's great. Changed our lives. <laughs> um, well, so can you talk to us a little maybe about your story, Mavuno Church, the story behind Rooted, you know, kind of where it all started and how it all came to be here at Southwest? Yeah. Uh, so I I um, grew up in a Christian home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my dad, my dad's a pastor. I'm a pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather was a pastor as well. So I'm third generation um, minister. And, uh, but I wasn't always... Uh, passionate about God. Mm-hmm. Uh, in high school, I was very far from God. I was a rebel, really running away from God. Mm-hmm. And um, um, went to a Christian camp because um, my mom told me there were beautiful girls there. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> good gra- hook. Yeah, God, God, yeah, it was a good hook. Uh, <laughs> God used that to just grab my heart. It was such a powerful thing. Uh, there was a bad guy in the camp, a really bad guy. So I was a bad guy in high school. Like the kids who always get in trouble, but yeah. there was a really bad guy, you mm-hmm. know, like, evil okay <laughs> he was a drug dealer oh wow and he was at the camp and i was so pissed i was mm-hmm. so angry mm-hmm. i thought how is this guy mm-hmm. in a christian camp and i'm not even a christian remember but i'm mm-hmm. thinking how do they let him in <laughs> <laughs> and he's looking at all the girls and i'm thinking these girls have no idea yeah, who this news. guy is oh. you know <laughs> and on wednesday night he gives his life to jesus oh uh. and i am so mad <laughs> Uh, and he walks up to the now front. Now he's the best guy. And everybody's <laughs> hugging him. And other people come up and get saved because he got saved and he's wow. a hero now. Wow. And I'm just, I couldn't sleep the whole night. I was mm. so angry. Wow. And I kept saying to God, if 
Mm. This guy's a believer then you have no idea what you're doing. Mm. You know, he's like this this is there's an angle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuz mm. I just I knew what was in his heart. I just mm-hmm. knew he was evil. Yeah. And wow. the, the the day after that I just wrestled with mm. how could God allow that? Mm-hmm. And um I remember talking to my camp counselor and telling him this Christianity thing doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, I just this was the best proof mm-hmm. for me it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So that night we're at the same camp meeting. Same preacher comes up, preaches, and I'm not even listening to what he's saying because yeah. I've tuned out by then. Yeah, and then he makes the altar call, and I have no idea what happens next. I just mm. feel like, like I stand mm. to my feet and I walk to the front, mm. and it was so interesting mm. because I I don't know what I was expecting. I think I expected everyone to be clapping and many many people to follow. Nobody else gave their life to Christ that night. Wow! <laughs> so I'm standing wow. at the front, and it's like. Boy, I mean my life completely changed. Wow. You know? uh, wow. Saved the prayer, gave my life to Jesus. Mm. Um I told God um I had a girlfriend then mm-hmm. and I knew without being told mm-hmm. like that relationship had to end. Mm. It was not a godly relationship not focused on mm-hmm. on God. And so I said to God, "Okay, my first miracle is you need to help me end this well." Mm-hmm. And I go back home and she's been waiting for me because I've been away a whole week. Uh it's in another city and I show mm. up and i we have we have a date and i tell her okay i've got some news i'll mm. share something with you mm-hmm. and she says to me okay but i've got some news that i need to share with you first <laughs> and i say okay you go first and she says well while you're away i remember i gave my life to christ on thursday night she says while you're away uh on wednesday night wow. i gave my life to jesus wow and she says I really need to tell you that our relationship has to break up because we it's not founded on God. <laughs> <laughs> what? So that was my first miracle <laughs> because I told her actually I was going to tell you I gave my life to Christ and she said nah you're kidding you know and we both had given our lives to Christ independently and it was the greatest proof I had that God actually exists. Amen. He, he deals miracle. with the little yeah. things. Yeah. I didn't yeah. end up marrying her. Uh-huh. But I feel like God did that just to show sure. me he could. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I, I um, wow, yeah. So that's how my Christian life begins. I go to a college, to college, not really walking. Not nobody disciple me mm-hmm. until I got to college, mm-hmm. and then my pastor um, kind of walks with us uh, mm-hmm. in the new church I'm attending. Uh, mm-hmm. Really begins to impact my life. He's my pastor till today, mm-hmm. and um, really God uses him to disciple me mm-hmm. help me understand who god is mm-hmm. like just following mm-hmm. and then he invites me to join the staff team for a year mm-hmm. and do an internship when i fit when i graduate mm-hmm. and i i told him i'm going to pray about it because i had no intention of doing that i had my plan i knew what i wanted to do i was mm-hmm. going to be a rich pharmacist mm-hmm. uh, i'd been accepted to study pharmacy mm-hmm. at UCLA mm-hmm. which is a huge deal where i come from mm-hmm. that's a huge deal here yeah <laughs> 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 you can imagine then for this little boy in kenya you know it's yes. like that's a that's my dream come true yes. so i had no intention of doing that yeah. mm. but then unknown to me my pastor asks my girlfriend uh at the time and she says yes without even talking to me mm. and i'm so mad at her because i'm like you should have asked me we have plans for our lives yeah and so i come back to my pastor i say our pastor i prayed about it and i sense the spirit says i should stay and just do this for a year I, it was really about the girl it had nothing to do mm-hmm. with praying mm-hmm. i just didn't want to lose my girlfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i joined the program and uh in the program god just confirms to me that this is what he wants yeah uh, he leads me through a 
a very deep surrender experience. Actually, I think this was a foundational mm. experience of my Christian life. Mm. Nobody taught me when I gave my life to Jesus that I was supposed to surrender. Yeah. Mm. So Jesus was my savior, but he was not in charge of Come my on. life. Come on. Yeah. And so I I I I I I had an experience in this internship where God literally stripped everything away from my life. Mm-hmm. And left me with nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like it was a prayer experience that mm-hmm. somebody guided me through, but it was a surrender experience. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my life, I realized that you know, when you follow Christ, it means you give up everything. You're no longer in charge. Christ yeah. is the one who lives in you. Yeah. And that was I've never I never knew it at the time, but that was probably the most important thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because from then on, every decision was based on the fact that I don't own anything. Mm-hmm. God owns it all mm-hmm. and I do what he tells me to do. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so fast forward, um, my wife and I uh, come and study uh, at Fuller Seminary. Uh, we get married after that program, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. come and study in, in the US, go back home uh, at the end of our studies um, mm-hmm. to serve at the church and then God works it out so we can start a church. And at, I was very excited about the opportunity because God had God had put in my heart a desire to reach people who don't like church mm-hmm, mm-hmm. through my wife, who was not a believer growing up, didn't grow up in a Christian family like I did. Mm-hmm. And when she became a Christian, was so on fire for mm-hmm, God. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who taught me how many obstacles our churches put mm-hmm. in the way of people like her. Wow! Because churches, the way I, the way I try to explain church for for church people or church to church people, is I say, imagine your friend invites you to a mosque mm. or a temple. Uh, you've become really close with your neighbor and they said, hey, I need you to come with me for my child's whatever they do. <laughs> and so you go because you've invited them to stuff and they've come. Mm-hmm. And you go in and you you park your car and you walk in. First thing you do is that you see everybody's taking their shoes off. Mm-hmm. And so you take your shoes off and then you walk and you're just following. And then all of a sudden, they, you, re, you realize all the women are turning left. Mm. And so your wife has to go left and you're mm. going right. Mm. Mm. And there's a dude who's got a little thing that he's putting on everybody's face. Mm. And so he puts it on your face as well. And by this time, it's like you're creeped out. And yeah. then you walk into the room and everybody's squatting on the floor. There are no chairs. Yeah. I mean, how are you feeling at that point? Yeah. You're completely anxious. Yeah. And you have yeah. no idea what they're about to do to you. Yeah. And I say, this is what an unbeliever experiences when they walk into our churches. Mm. Mm. Wow. And we... We assume we make church for church people, mm-hmm. people, people with church backgrounds, but people who have zero church background, that's mm-hmm. what they experience. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to us, but it doesn't to them. Yeah. Right. And my wife showed me that. Wow. And so I began to ask, what does a church for people who don't like church look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we began a whole process of um, um, doing a research with my planting team. We went mm-hmm. to, to uh, ball games, because we wanted to wow. see places where non-Christians are themselves. Wow. Yeah. People who don't like God, when do they come alive? So we went to nightclubs, went to ball games, <laughs> and it was fun to see people just lose themselves. They're jumping up and down, and you're thinking, these same people in church are so awkward. Yeah. yeah. And so we asked, what would it look like if we planted a church where people like this would come and jump up and down with the yeah. same joy as mm-hmm. they do in the ball game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of like our founding principle. (laughs) I love it. And so we started this church and part of the journey then was how Rooted comes in. So long story, but this is how Rooted now comes into this because as I was preparing to plant the church, I was also in charge of discipleship at the church I was in. Mm -hmm. And 
Typically what we did is we led our new believers when they got saved in church. I would lead them through a Bible study mm-hmm. and then be like, okay, you're mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. You, you know mm-hmm. Christ now, join one of our small groups or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was my job to be like the on-ramp guy to get them into the church. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd done several things with them. And mm-hmm. in my heart of hearts, I just kept feeling there's a missing thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I get those people, I teach them how to act like a Christian, to talk like a Christian, to to quote verses like a Christian, to pray like a Christian. But I could tell in my heart of hearts that it wasn't working. I think God has given mm-hmm. me that gift of just being able to see when something is not working. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so I looked at them and I realized the way they love their wives mm. was not changing as fast as the way they were memorizing scriptures. Oh yeah. The way they were reconciling with their children who they had hurt in mm-hmm. their divorce was not happening at the same space as they were learning how to pray. The way they were driving on the highway wasn't changing fast. You know, they were still the same person. The words coming out of their mouth were still the same when nobody was listening. And I kept thinking, this thing is only going skin deep. I'm teaching them how to act like a Christian, but mm. I'm not teaching them how to be like Christ. <laughs> and so I was so messed up by that. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. So this is a story of how Ruta comes about because I just stopped doing it. Yeah. I quit. I actually, okay, I didn't quit my job, but I said, I'm not doing it anymore. I can't lead another class. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, because we're in a, a church where the gospel is being taught every week and mm-hmm. people are getting saved. Mm-hmm. So when, the, when, when they would get saved, the number that they would be given was the number of the intern that I was working with. Okay. So this intern was a young guy. He's actually an American uh, kid who today is a senior pastor of a church in Indiana. So God works in interesting mm. ways. So he's my intern at the time. And, um, so Barry is getting all these people who call him and it's like, or who text him and it's like, okay, I gave my life to Christ. It says to call you. Uh, when's the class? And Barry would say, okay, pastor is not doing the class this week, but he's mm-hmm. going to get back to you. Mm-hmm. We're going to get back to you. And some people are, I mean, some people of course just give up when you do that, mm-hmm. but some people are like really insistent. Mm-hmm. And so one day he had several people confront him at church. Hey, we've been looking for Barry. We finally found you. And what's up with the class? You've been telling us for the last couple of weeks that there's no class, what's happening? And Barry was so, by this time, bothered Mm -hmm. that he just told them, okay, sign up on this sheet and the pastor will meet you on Tuesday night at this time. And then he came up and told me, these people insist they have to meet you Tuesday night. It's like, it's like he set me up. <laughs> I think only an American could have done that because I was like, oh my gosh, how did you, wow. like you set me up. Yeah. But anyway, it was like, I had no choice. Now he's committed me, so I have to go. So I went in with a really bad attitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'll be honest, I wasn't really mm-hmm. spiritual in my thinking. Mm-hmm. I went into this class and there's 20 people in the class. They're so eager. Their faces, it's like, we're ready for this. Wow. And, and so I say to them, okay, guys, I've been in a thought process. I was forced to kind of share what I've uh-huh. been going through, even though I, I hadn't even processed it myself. I said, mm. I've been going through a thought process. What we do in this church hasn't worked. And so I feel like there's something's missing in it. And I'd like to try something different. Mm-hmm. And so I say to them, for, the, for this to work, I'm convinced three things. You have to pay three costs. Number one, you have to, you have to pay money. Mm-hmm. Because I said, I feel like when people don't pay for something, mm-hmm. then they don't value it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So nobody was ever, nobody ever asked people to pay to be disciple. But mm-hmm. so, I, was, so I, I knew this, this wouldn't go well. Yeah. And I say to them, you're going to have to also pay time. You're going to have to give time because mm-hmm. if you show up in class and you're not prepared and I'm prepared, I think that's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So you need to do the work and show up prepared. Mm-hmm. And then I said, number three, you're going to pay emotional engagement. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Because I'm planning to be vulnerable and share. So you guys had better be. And if you're not ready for this, this is not the class for you. Literally, this is how I gave this presentation. <laughs> and my intention was that these guys would stop bothering me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I told you, my attitude was just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was like, okay, so there's snacks for you. It's free. Uh, for enjoy. Yeah. If you are interested in this thing that I've just talked about, sign up. We're going to start next week. And there's another sign up sheet. I was sure nobody would sign up. Here's a crazy thing. All 20 signed up. Mm. And they actually wrote names of people who are not in the room, who are mm. their, their friends, who are not even Christians and say they need to be in this class yeah. as well. First discovery about discipleship. I always thought when you want to disciple people, make them understand there's no cost. This is going to be easy. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not going to cost good. you. We'll provide everything for that's you. We're going to make this really easy. And that's I thought good. that's what makes people want to come. Uh-huh. I didn't realize that people don't want, so people know when it's cheap, it's so not, va- it has no value. So yeah. good. And if you go to a school called Harvard and they tell you, you can come and do our degree. Right. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to qualify. Just come. Right. You don't even have to study. We'll give you the degree. Right. Instantly, you know, that's fake. That's mm. not Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we've downplayed. I realized I had downplayed discipleship. So good. Wow. So good. And the cost actually didn't turn away people. Mm-hmm. Jesus says to his disciples, follow me. And mm-hmm. they leave everything to follow. Mm-hmm. They understand the calling. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's how we started. Mm-hmm. And these guys all sign up. Next week, we start the journey. Mm. And um, every week, I would actually literally just think, God, what do you want me to teach these guys? And I'd write up some stuff. I'd give it to my intern, Barry. He would sort of word process it, put pictures in it mm-hmm. and and sort of staple it together. And people would come and pick up the sheets for the next week. Wow. And then when they show up in class, I'd say, okay, whatever you read, close, close your, your put your, this is not, for the, whatever you did last mm-hmm. week, we're going to practice it today. So you're not going to look at your notes anymore. We're going to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. So when it's prayer, we're going to spend time praying mm-hmm. just like the way they do rooted now. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> first time that was a prayer was the first, you know, the yeah. prayer day is always, yeah. people, always, I didn't expect much from prayer. I'd send mm-hmm. guys out to take their time in prayer. Mm-hmm. We all show back up, stand in a circle. And the first person shares what they heard. Mm-hmm. Second person shares. And I look across the room and I see somebody crying. And I'm thinking, wait, hold on. Why are you crying? What, what did they just say? Mm-hmm. And the person says, you know, when I went into this exercise, I didn't believe in God. And I told God, God, if you exist, tell me about this issue. <laughs> you have to speak about this issue in my family. And they said, what that second person shared just now is exactly what's going on in my family. Wow. And they're weeping and everybody in the class starts crying and all the hairs in the back of your neck are going mm. up like the spirit is here, mm. you know? Yeah. And that was just the beginning. Mm. And every week, something like that happened. Mm. Um, and at the end of the time, I mean, there were so many stories in that first class mm-hmm. uh, of just real life. I mean, one, one fun one is there's a girl who was a chain smoker, very yeah. beautiful girl, worked in a bank, formally dressed every time, crossed her legs. I mean, like, like really well put together, uh, fully in control, but she was a chain smoker. Mm-hmm. How did I know this? Because I wasn't walking with Christ for a long time. So I knew a chain smoker when I saw one. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did, she had a, a, a secret. Nobody knew she was a chain smoker. So she thought, and so she'd always excuse herself out. I need to go to the bathroom and she'd go yeah. and come back. And so I just looked at her and I said, Hey, you don't have to pretend you're going to the bathroom. Just because she'd go outside the compound and she'd take a long time doing it. So I said, you're wasting your time. You need Mm -hmm. to be in the class. So I said, Mm -hmm. if you need to smoke, just go outside the class at the fence, Mm -hmm. take your cigarette and come back. 
Just mm-hmm. don't poison the rest of us. But mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. like, we don't care if you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And the whole class laughed. It was, I said it kindly. So the class laughed mm-hmm. and she was like, I can do that. I said, yeah. Cause it's like, she didn't think she could do it right. in the church compound, but I'm like, you're missing out. So just go behind the class wow. and do it. Yeah. And so she went and took her cigarette and came back. And then the next week she comes to class and says, you guys won't believe what happened. She says, ever since pastor asked me to smoke outside the class, the urge for smoking has gone away completely. Like God healed her. Mm -hmm. And later on, I realized what happened is for the first time she had shared her shameful secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody scorned her or shamed her. Everybody just laughed and accepted her. Yeah. And that's all she needed to be healed. Nobody even needed to pray for her. So every week there was mm. stories like this. Wow. And at the at 10th week, God just, I just felt like God said, okay, this is not about information. You've done enough. Take them on a retreat. Mm-hmm. So because I'd facilitated Alpha before, I knew how to mm-hmm. do a spirit, a Holy Spirit retreat. So I took them on a retreat and we prayed for people. Uh, the girl who led someone to Christ, mm-hmm. who was not a believer, gave her life. She was the last one in the class. All of them became Christians. And then we baptized them. And the weekend we baptized them, that was the first baptism for my new church. Cause we planted the church halfway in the experience wow. of the first rooted class. Mm. Wow. And so I baptized these guys. They've never been, they're not Christians. Many of them brand new Christians. They don't know how to act in a church. Mm-hmm. So the first guy I baptized, he gets up and he's jumping up and down and he's yelling. And then he tackles me and he mm-hmm. puts me in the water and it's like, everybody's laughing. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a hysterical baptism, nothing formal. It's like That's so awesome. crazy. Yeah. And at the end of the, cl- of the baptism, um, one of them comes up with a sheet mm-hmm. of paper with 20 names on it. Mm. And it says, and says, this is our friends and our relatives who came to watch the baptism. They want to be in the next class. Wow. And that's how the next class began. Yeah. Wow. So that's, that's the rooted story. Yeah. And this is it, awesome. I know. It's so good. <laughs> and it wasn't meant to be a, a book. Yeah. I mean, so every, for the next few iterations, we were just, we had these 10 yeah. uh, photocopies, mm-hmm. staple photocopies, week one week two and one day I'm visiting one of my friends who's from another church and he's got this really nice looking binder and I'm like wow that looks amazing what is it and he says it's your book mm. and he shows me the binder with all the notes and it's been bound really nicely mm. and that's the first time it hit me oh I wrote a book mm. that was the first book I ever wrote Praise God. <laughs> oh. so that's the story behind it and um, God used uh, it to change our church story completely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, our church became a loving church. People became committed to their life groups. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just changed our culture. And Amen. I know you you know something about that. What sure. it does to a church sure. when they mm-hmm. engage in it. Mm-hmm. And so we had different people come to see it. And one of the people who came to see it was um, Pastor Kenton Bishop from mm-hmm. Mariners Church. Mm-hmm. And he had a, t- a team of his staff team, a, a, a large team from their church that came to our conference, uh, Fearless Summit. And while they were there, we were having a, a rooted graduation, a Mizizi graduation. So they came and watched it. And his first thought was, you people must be very, uh, your people must be very lively and they love each other. Clearly this is easy in your culture. And I said, no, none of these people knew each other mm-hmm. 10 weeks ago. They mm. were strangers. They did not have any conversations with each other or suspicious of each other. Mm. What you're seeing is a result of that 10 weeks. Mm. Wow. And I think God just grabbed his heart and he said, I want to take this back to my church. Mm-hmm. And so Mariners was the first international church uh, that took mm-hmm. this curriculum and mm-hmm. brought it to the States. And I think then uh, yeah. through them, 
it has gone to many many churches yeah uh, yes especially in this country. many many churches yeah yep. yeah it ended up here yes yeah. ended up here and, <laughs> i don't know 1600 people later yeah wow in the last three yeah. years that wow. sounds about right three four whatever it's called yep. yeah. yeah oh my gosh yeah. i gotta got yeah. chills man yeah yeah that's there, right. there are people pastor m who are listening to this podcast who um know about christ hmm. who know about the church mm-hmm know about you know their purpose in christ yeah a thousand percent because they did root it wow mm-hmm. they saw a cardboard testimony Glory service yeah. or they just hear us saying your next step is rooted um the whole time he was talking i was thinking about two people one is uh, a gal who's our now our middle school director mm. her name is genesis <laughs> cruz so she would have been in our staff meeting while you were talking the other day yeah. Three years ago, mm-hmm. I would say, Genesis and her husband visit our church, really broken, mm-hmm. going through some life stuff. I don't know if they were believers or not, but yeah, I, I sure. think they would have been, yeah. but definitely probably yet to be kind of mature and established yeah. in their faith. Life wounds, they take rooted, their life has changed, wow. recommitted to Christ. Amen. They're in church every weekend <laughs> with their beautiful children. Amen. And now, you know, she's on our staff. I love it. Right? Like Praise this God. gal who walked in Praise and is God. now literally a yeah. leader. She was yeah. on stage last Sunday hosting. Wow. And I'm just thinking to myself, <laughs> look at this. You I know, love it. Another couple, the Triggs, yeah. Ralph and Nicole, um, working couple, great kids, uh, um, beautiful family. Mm. I don't know if they were believers before. If they were believers before, they weren't strong believers. Yeah. Uh, they come here um, faithful. They go through rooted. Boom, on fire. And God's just using them. Ralph texts me every week to say, how can I pray for you this week? Mm. All because of rooted, Mm. right? Like Mm. you said it the other day, we're not that good. It was God doing something. I don't take any credit. I mean, like literally, if (laughs) if I had taken a year on sabbatical, Mm -hmm. going into a writing retreat Mm -hmm. and spend time, I might be able Mm -hmm. to claim some credit. This was written in 10 weeks. Yep. It literally didn't change much. Mm. I mean, actually, we hardly, I think we did some grammatical corrections, mm-hmm. but it actually is in the form that it was Originally. after those 10 weeks. Yeah. Um, so I really can't take any credit. It's, it's definitely amazing. the Holy Spirit. You Amen. Know? That's yeah. so good. That was going to be one of my questions. Is there some things that you've learned over the years that you've either enhanced or adapted? And I'm sure little stuff, but for, like you said, for the most part, it seems to have kept its original. Mm-hmm. It and, and the whole idea is just people are ready for a challenge. So mm-hmm. it's like, Many people say 10 weeks is too long. You can't ask people to do that. Yeah. But again, it's that thing of, hey, mm-hmm. don't undersell discipleship. Mm-hmm. If pe- the people who are willing to pay the cost are the mm-hmm. ones who are willing to be That's transformed. Right. That's know? exactly right. Oh, wow. yeah. And so good. some of those things have stayed so standard mm-hmm. and they're exactly the same thinking that mm-hmm. we had. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I love about uh, Pastor Kenton and the Mariners team, the Rooted team, is that they were very careful to not just see an idea and then copy it. Mm-hmm. But to come and ask us, what's the thinking behind this? Yeah. Why did you do yeah. it this yeah. way? Yeah. And they've been very faithful to just keep mm-hmm. that as part of the curriculum, yeah. the yeah. risk element. Yes. That people need a risk mm-hmm. for uh-huh. their lives to be transformed. Mm-hmm. You know? And so there's some risky things you do, like pray for an hour. It's That's like right. those are, there's some high risk things that are there. That's right. That are what open you up for the Holy Spirit to work mm-hmm. in your life. And so I I love that mm. that, that that stayed. 
uh, in the curriculum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's, that's beautiful. And, uh, man, yeah, I love that. That's, uh, that's, that's the way that it works. I just think it's so powerful, man. So many stories in that, that you're oh sharing. Gosh. I can't believe it. I'm just oh like, still kind of yeah, me too. Me too. Well, so Kanji Mbugwa, which obviously yes. you know him, uh, our worship leader <laughs> here at the church, he's mentioned many times um, to me, uh, about this idea of becoming, I've heard you mention it, um, uh, fearless influencers within, uh, people com- becoming fearless influencers within their community as a result, a result of rooted, um, could you unpack a little of what you mean by that? Like, what's a yeah. fearless influencer? Mm. Well, um, Kanji is a great example of that <laughs> uh, because he's a young man I discipled while I was in the U.S. and he was a college student. Mm-hmm. And so my wife, Kara and I, every Sunday would make a meal and he and three other friends would come mm-hmm. and just hang out with us and mm-hmm. talk about everything. We mm-hmm. just shared our lives with them. And so he's somebody I love very much. I mean, it's been many, many years of just walking the journey mm-hmm. and uh, becoming really close. It was such an honor for us to send him. Mm-hmm. We consider that we sent a missionary to Southwest. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. we really felt yeah, like absolutely. he's had such a huge impact on worship mm-hmm. culture, not just in our church, but in our whole city, actually in our whole nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really shaped the worship culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, part of what we teach uh, we say our mission statement as a church is turning ordinary people into fearless influencers okay. of society. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, A fearless influence of society is somebody who is willing to die for Christ, is willing to be fully surrendered, is, mm-hmm. is willing to go out into whatever area of culture God has created them to impact mm-hmm. and to see that as their pulpit, to see that as the place where they bring kingdom impact into. Mm-hmm. So we always start with ordinary people. And Jesus started with ordinary mm-hmm. people. He didn't mm-hmm. go to the temple and pick mm-hmm. the best students. That's right. He went and picked the people nobody else mm-hmm. thought highly yeah. of, the ordinary people. And then he took them through a process of transformation. So we say that we're about ordinary people, which is reaching people who are lost. And then it's about turning, which is transformation, taking them through a discipleship process, mm-hmm. which includes rooted. But then the end result of discipleship should always be people who are passionate to influence society Mm -hmm. for the gospel, Mm -hmm. which means it's not just about bringing people to Christ, which is important, but bringing every sect of society under the leadership of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're a businessman, how is your business transforming everything that it touches and the sector that it's in? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're in medicine, if you're in law, whatever sector of society God has placed you in, mm-hmm. how does your faith begin to interface with that so that it leaves a different space from what it was before, mm. bringing in the values of the kingdom of heaven so that the kingdom of God comes there and you can say, let your will be done in my workplace as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's the job that we have as Christians. We're supposed to be fearless influencers. Mm-hmm. We don't come and be influenced by the world. We influence the world. Yeah. And yeah. that's something yeah. that we teach greatly with our people. So good. That's what it sounds like. And that was kind of where the question was coming from is a little bit that I, I in some of the guys that I've discipled, um, there's this tendency to, um, they don't feel that they're ready or equipped. Or right. These words that they use right. a lot of the time that they're yeah. waiting for that moment mm. when they can step into <laughs> what God has for yeah. them. So when we yeah. talk about the cost of discipleship and yeah. some of the other elements of what, what does that mean? Look fearless, you know, Hey, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. But you know, how do you move people into that to say, Hey, I'm going to do like, this is the purpose mm-hmm. of my life. Um, this is worth, this is something worth giving my life to. Yeah. I love that word fearless. Cause that really insinuates that like, and by any and all means, I'm going to do mm-hmm. this, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, one of the things that I, I teach is I say, nobody was created for mediocrity. Mm-hmm. None of us was mm-hmm. created to just be born, go to school, get a good career and then die. die. Yeah. I mean, it's like, no, you're made for more. more. Yeah. Yeah. And when you encounter Jesus, that's the more, the more starts mm-hmm. then. Yeah. 
and you begin to understand why you are created. Yeah. Salvation is not just the spiritual component of your life that you tick a box in. It's actually everything. It mm -hmm. changes everything about you. Mm -hmm. And when you understand that, it means that, you know what? You have the Holy Spirit in you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that this whole lie of, I need more equipping. I need to wait for the calling. Mm -hmm. What There's no calling you're waiting for. The calling was given 2000 years ago. Mm -hmm. Go and make disciples of mm -hmm. all nations. That's right. That's right. And I think, the thing about it is understanding who your God is mm -hmm. and what he's put in you. So mm -hmm. that's part of what we try and unpackage for our people mm -hmm. is to say, listen, you already have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what allows Jesus to say to you in John 14, 12, the things you've seen me do, you will do greater things, things than these because yeah. I'm going to be, to, to be with my father. Mm -hmm. yep. And so you already have all the equipping yep. you need. Yep. yep. So the thing is now step into it. Mm -hmm. And then as you step into it, guess what happens? Uh, you become equipped because now you have the right questions right. to ask. Mm. Right. So sometimes we have this Greek idea of, mm. of discipleship, which mm -hmm. is about, let's fill their heads with knowledge. knowledge yeah. That's mm -hmm. a university system, you know? Yeah. <laughs> fill their head with knowledge, <laughs> three, four years later, they'll be equipped, they'll get a mm -hmm. degree, and now they can practice. Right. That's not how the Hebrews did it. That's right. For the Hebrews, it was like, you it's life mm -hmm. lived, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? You walked with your disciple mm -hmm. and everything he did, you did. Mm -hmm. And you learned by doing, not yeah. by thinking. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. And Amen. so that's a whole theory of rooted is you, you don't learn to pray because you've taken a class in prayer. That's you right. learn yeah. to pray because you read it a that's week right. and it's like, now you're, pray. You're that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You, you learned about the poor. Now we're doing, yeah, that's right. you know, we're, we're doing social justice. That's right. So it's almost like, let's, let's, you, you start to live out. And those rhythms yeah. you learn in rooted, it's like you're already equipped. You don't mm -hmm. need more equipment yeah. to do them. Mm -hmm. The thing is, are you willing to just trust the Holy Spirit, yeah, there you go. step into the space mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then allow God to equip you. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. You have to step into the water before the water parts. And I think many of us are waiting for the day the water parts, mm -hmm. yeah. but God is saying, no, no, step in yep. and then watch me go before watch you. Me move. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause what's, I love that when you're saying, I was thinking, man, it, what's important about what you know is what you do with what you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. that whole university Absolutely. mindset. And I was like, man, yeah, that's what I'm trying to, you know, just really instill that in guys and move them forward and just say, Hey, no, you're ready. You're equipped right now. You yeah. know, step into that. Well, so and the beauty is discipleship is yeah. the key because it's like, I already have received something. I can that's actually right. pass it on to other people. Yeah, that's right. So even before we do anything crazy, it's like, yeah. What I've learned, I'm mm -hmm. I'm a few steps ahead of somebody who hasn't learned it. <laughs> yeah. Start there. That's right. Yeah. Gather a group of small, a few small group of people around uh -huh. you, and start to teach them the thing you learned. That's yeah. right. Even if it's what you learned in church on Sunday. Yeah. Yep. You already 100%. know more than they know 100%. in the spiritual world. Yeah. Well, and if anything, there's yep. even just a shared experience in that, right? You know, Absolutely. there can be there can be a relatability there. So. I was just thinking, Pastor Jim, when you were saying that, um, you know, come follow me, and I will make you fishers mm -hmm. of men. Mm -hmm. Right. That was Jesus's process. Come, here's an invitation. Yep. Follow me. Yeah. Be like me. Do what I do. Mm. Don't necessarily learn what I learn, but learn what I learn by doing what I do. Yep. And through that, I will make you. I will make you. Now mm. I will teach you. <laughs> oh, I, me. I will make you. Yeah. I, you know, I just so crystallizing yeah. some stuff in scripture. So cool. So Guys, I hope you are listening because yes. this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. So Pastor M, uh, maybe share with us just some things that you're passionate or hopeful for moving forward. I'd love to know kind of yeah. what's on your mind and heart as we like, you know, as you move out of a different, probably a different season of Rooted and kind of what it's become, but what are you, what are you looking into the future and what are you saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to Pastor Rick Ali and just sharing how for me, my strong desire right now is to see everybody that I pastor becoming a, a change agent, mm -hmm. doing greater things than Jesus did. And the thing about it is I didn't know that the church is doing this, but it's interesting when I go around the world mm -hmm. in the last five years, God has been teaching me so much. Mm -hmm. And I found some churches that are 
crazy effective at empowering their people mm. to be fearless influencers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was just looking in the wrong place <laughs> because the global church is expanding and mm-hmm. God is doing powerful things across the world. Yeah. And sometimes in our little bubble, we don't understand that. We think that this is Christianity, everything we're seeing. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of learning from other cultures is there's some crazy things God is doing. Yeah. So so go to places like Korea, go to places like Brazil. I've been learning from pastors in those places, yeah. places mm-hmm. like Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And there's a way that when people begin to understand, when when there's a, there's a way our culture shifts as Christians and we begin to understand the power that God has given us. Mm-hmm. So I feel like one of the one of the the biggest regrets many Christians will will, will have when we get into heaven is I'll get there yeah. and then God will open my eyes yeah. and I'll be like, oh my God, yeah. I had so much power. Amen. That's what, yeah. Amen. Because here's the thing I've come to be, believe Amen. that Jesus was not just a model to us about what God looks like, mm-hmm. which he is a great model because mm-hmm. God is compassionate. Mm-hmm. God is personal. Mm-hmm. Everything we see in Jesus, he demonstrates who God is. Mm-hmm. But here's the other thing about Jesus. Jesus, everything we see in Jesus, he demonstrates who we were meant to be. Mm-hmm. Which is why he mm-hmm. says, the things you've seen me do, you will do greater things. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest regret many of us will have is we'll get to heaven and you realize, right. oh my God. That's true. I had all this power mm-hmm. and I did nothing mm-hmm. with it, mm-hmm. you know? And so my big desire, my big heart is to help God's people understand the power that God has given them. Mm-hmm. And to begin to understand that every single one of us mm-hmm. is meant to change the world. Wow. So one of my friends, um, he's, mm. he's from Uganda and I was telling Pastor Rick this story, how his church had, a, had, had about 120 mostly older people who uh, had been in the church for a long time. They just were not interested in discipleship. They were just hard hearted. And he, he, the church was also running a school, a high school. So he went and asked his mentor, could I try the things you're teaching me about discipleship with my high schoolers? Because my, my guys are just not interested. They're just not ready. And the guy, his mentor said, try it, go ahead. So he went to the high schools and started to teach them the things that you see Jesus do, you can do. Mm-hmm. And he began to, to challenge them to become disciple makers mm-hmm. and to each look for other kids their age share the gospel with them and start to disciple them in the villages. That's cool. That church, like I said, was about 150 people. And then maybe they had 50 kids in their school. Today, that church is 26,000 people. Now, the crazy thing about this story is that this was not <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah, This was during COVID in 2021 oh, that the wow. church was 150 Glory people. Glory to God. <laughs> so I take my people, I take people from my church every year. Like I just did that in September. I take them to that church. Yeah. Because I want them to understand, like, and this church has grown because of high schoolers. Yeah. So I was telling Pastor Rick a funny story. My my daughter is 19 and she came with me this time, her first time. Her siblings have gone, but she had never been. And so she meets a girl in the parking lot who's 15. And this 15 year old asks my 19 year old daughter, what's your name? And she, they start talking. And then she asks, my daughter asks her, what do you do? And she says, oh, I'm one of the pastors in this church. And my daughter's like, Mm, you're 15 and the girl says yes I oversee and disciple 957 957 people Um, and she asked my daughter how many people do you disciple (laughs) 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 and she's 19 but she's talking about the fact that she has 10 disciples who disciple 10 or however many Mm -hmm. she has a little black book with 
all the names of those 957 people. Wow. She knows every single one of the people. I mean, her disciples report every week. Yeah, there's some intentionality there, yeah. Extremely intentional. And that church of 26,000, it's, wow. it's led by 16-year-olds, 19-year-olds. I mean, the oldest leader that we met there was 22 years old. And they are doing incredible things. Um, mm. The stories are just hair-raising, you know? It's yes. like these kids are casting out demons. Yeah. Mm. They're praying for people to be healed. They are teaching people the word mm. and they don't have to be smart because what they do is they listen to what the pastor teaches on Sunday and then they teach go and re-teach teach it. Just re-teach they just it, yeah. re-teach it. Like verbatim. What yep. they heard their pastor do, they take uh-huh. their notes and yep. then they go and teach the and people in their paste, little group. As it should be. Which is just what discipleship mm-hmm. was. Exactly no, you don't right. have to be smart, just follow. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. So good. And so I take my people there because some of them so have been good. saved for 20 years. Yeah. I've never uh, led someone to Christ. I've never uh-huh. healed, prayed for someone to mm-hmm. be healed. And they come out thinking, if a 12-year-old, if a 15-year-old can do this, right. what am I doing? Right. Yeah. Right. So, I, so that's that's wow. my passion is to see God's people begin to understand the power that is latent within them and then to release that power. Oof. Wow. Talking about fearless influencers. Oh my Fearless God. influencers. Wow. And, I, it. and it's funny, you know, you always say, wow. I, I took what you gave me, I copy paste and teach it to my guys and you're like, mm. and you got it from somebody else. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there you are. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what discipleship Absolutely. is. That's a genius Until the of world discipleship. is reached. Yeah. Yep. Oh, chills. Second wow. Timothy 2 too. Amen. Absolutely. And what you've yeah. learned from me in the presence of many women is yeah. trust the faith in the way we see each other is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It's genius. Amen. Well, Amen. as always uh, on this podcast, we want to have engaging conversations, but we also want to provide people with helpful resources. So we're going to provide some links to all the stuff that we've talked about, as well as some of the stuff that you have, you know, links to some of the books that you've done mm. and things like that. Mm. But um, I'd love for you to share a little bit about um, your recent book on surrender. You talked a little bit about that up front, but if you could just kind of like, wh- where, where's that at? You mentioned it uh, recently and I'll yeah, hear more it about it. It came that. out about a, a month ago. It's called mm. The Genius of Surrender. Uh-huh. And it really came out of, so when I've begun to disciple people much more intentionally in the last five years, mm-hmm. I realized that everything God does in my life is not just for me. Mm-hmm. He does it in my life so I can bless the people I'm discipling. Mm-hmm. Right. So he blesses me so I can bless others. Yeah. And he gives me experiences so I can share them with others. Mm-hmm. And I shared, I shared, uh, I went through a very powerful experience of surrender um, about two years into salvation mm-hmm. uh, during that internship program at the church mm-hmm. where God, like I said, stripped away everything and yeah. showed me mm-hmm. that, hey, you know what? Um, your best place is when you have nothing mm-hmm. and you wow. want me to be everything for you. Okay. And that became the guiding principle of my life. Got it. Um, I've been amazed how freeing it is to live a surrendered life. Mm-hmm. It just means I own nothing, which means everything I have right now, if God asked me to give it, the shot on my back to give somebody, mm-hmm. it goes. So I live like this, yeah. which means I have no fear because mm-hmm. fear comes when you think that there's something in your life right. that somebody wants that might take away from right. you mm-hmm. and you're afraid they'll take it. But when you have nothing that you that they can take, my reputation is not mine, it's his. Wow. You know? So then it just freed me to live life very simply, it freed me to understand mm-hmm. what the Bible talks about wealth without sorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the wealth of the world comes with hustling, with bustling, yep. with neglecting other mm-hmm. things to be wealthy. Yep. Many people neglect their kids, their families. Because I learned this as a very, at a very young age, I've, I've always I've been home every evening with my kids mm-hmm. when they were young. Uh, mm-hmm. Now they're out of the house. Um, money never drove us. We always ask God, what do we do? And God showed us how to make money. So we've run mm-hmm. very successful businesses with my wife mm-hmm. that were really pain-free to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've understood what wealth without sorrow means mm. um, and how God can bless you until you're embarrassed about yeah. his blessings. You know, <laughs> yeah. you don't even yeah. want to share the testimony. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I see couples, I see people neglecting their wives, neglecting yeah. their children for yeah. the sake of wealth because they're not surrendered. They think it's me. Yeah. And you know, when you're holding, your your, your fists are clenched and you're holding on, yeah. you can't receive. Yeah. yeah. And when we unclench our fists and we open our palms flat out, what happens is God can take away the things that don't really need to be there yeah. and replace them with what he created us mm, for. Yeah. So yeah. that's what this book is about. It's really yeah. helping people begin to understand the genesis of yeah. the powerful Christian life is when you're totally surrendered. Mm. Yeah. When it's like all that all that I have, all that I am, all that I hope to be mm. belongs to Jesus. Wow. And when that is literally true, then there's nothing impossible for you. Mm -hmm. um, Paul, the apostle Paul was just one guy, but he changed the whole Roman world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he was unstoppable. I mean, you'd, mm -hmm. he'd get beaten up and he'd get himself up and he'd go and preach again. Mm -hmm. Most Christians would be like, oh my goodness, yeah. any, oh, yeah. any yeah. God who can't yeah, I'm gonna go do me. something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's God, a sign. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's right. But it's like, I don't belong to myself. Uh, I, I belong yeah. to Jesus. So, mm -hmm. hey, I'm just gonna go back and do what Jesus asked me to do mm -hmm. because he knew who, who he was mm -hmm. following. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, this book really is that doorway into understanding the genius of surrender. I call it the genius of surrender because yeah. when you understand it, yeah. it's the most genius thing in the world. It's yeah, a, so good. It's a key out of depression. It's out the key out of anxiety and stress. Oh, wow. It's a key to living a fruitful life where you just trust Jesus. Yep. And it sounds very simple to say, but it actually is. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. There you have it. You should uh, you should pick it up. Can they get that on Amazon? Is yes, that, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. We'll, we'll include yeah. a link to that in the um, uh, show notes as well. So yeah, and some of the other books up. as well that he's, Pastor M's written. What about uh, what about you, Ricky? Any last comments or thoughts before we wrap it up? No, I, 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 I'm not even going to try to <laughs> add to, to what this has done for, for me, for you, CJ, for mm -hmm. our people. Yeah. I just want to say to Southwest folk and anyone who's who's dropped in on our conversation that, um, you know, the things we say at Southwest, uh, discipleship is the call of the gospel mm. to produce reproducing followers of Jesus Christ through life and life engagement. This is another witness to the fact that these are not strategies. These are not church growth models. These yeah. are not just what Southwest does but we are finding our way in a vision of the savior to reach the, the, the whole globe. Yeah. And this is a wit, Pastor M has been a witness to us mm -hmm. as to what God is doing around the world that Southwest is now privileged to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And so we want to reach the world. We want to show the world Christ. We want to know him. We also to make him known mm -hmm. through discipleship. So I hope you guys are encouraged. Um, in many ways, uh, me and Pastor M were talking earlier and we were kind of talking about this church or this demographic versus another demographic and what we can learn from one another. And um, I said, yeah, because, you know, we out here, we need a father. Mm -hmm. And we need to know that there have been forebears that have gone on before us that have trailed bla or blazed the trails of discipleship. Mm -hmm. And so we are stepping into uh, a heritage that has been passed down to us. Yeah. So this is very exciting. Yeah. And be encouraged, Southwest folk, because we are finding our place in the Great Commission. Mm. And that's a big deal. Keep on keeping on, yes. is what I have to say. CJ. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Pastor Em. We appreciate you and your ministry mm. and just Amen. your time here today. It's been a really fruitful time. I know for myself. And oh, my gosh. Listener, so, oh, yeah. my gosh. We, we, we got to make the, the whole staff listen to this. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, they will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. <laughs> but uh, anyway, well, there you have it, guys. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Other Six Days podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe, follow, share, and like, and spread the word. And as always, take what you've heard and turn it into something you can do to further the gospel and the world around you. Until next time. Peace. Have a great day.